This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. The topic for today's episode is leadership change. Here to speak with me is Tiffany Sauter, who is the CEO at Element3, a full-service marketing consultancy. Growth of all kinds is the main theme in Tiffany's life. You may have seen her name on lists such as the IBJ's 40 Under 40, Junior Achievement's Best and Brightest, and Cranard's Burton Entrepreneurship Award. Under Tiffany's leadership, Element3 appeared on the Inc. 5000 six times. In addition to being the CEO at Element3, Tiffany is an investor, podcaster, and board member. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Stefan. Great to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining us because, you know, based on what I, what I read you are doing, you seem to be a very busy person. So thanks for kind of cutting out this half an hour to talk to me today. Now, before we start talking about today's topic, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get started in your career and, and, and what led you to where you are currently with Element 3 and all your other activities? Yeah, sure. Um, well, thanks for having me again. I'm, I'm a small town kid that grew up in the, you know, a small town in Indiana and always dreamed of the big city. Um, I got a finance degree because I grew up in a very, um, high business acumen household. And I knew if I understood business, I'd have a lot of options in my career and, um, started out in finance, but then started to understand a lot of the thinking patterns in finance were starting to find their way into marketing. I've been in marketing almost 20 years. And so email marketing and you know digital marketing as we see it today, all the data was really starting to become part of the marketing conversation. And so my skill set in finance and knowing how to do pivot tables and understand Excel and uh, how to interpret trends suddenly became a really interesting skill set in the world of marketing. So I leapt from... I made the leap from uh, corporate finance into marketing and bought a small little agency in my hometown here of Indianapolis, really with the goal of saying, how do I help businesses grow? I love the left brain, right brain mix of marketing, where there's this you know quantitative part of how we can you know really understand the data and what's happening, but there's still a gut instinct. We're still marketing to human beings and there's still this highly intuitive part of the creative process. And that left brain, right brain aspect of marketing just drew me in. So it was kind of that premise, <laughs> ever so loosely, um, that I jumped into the agency world and just started to understand the language of marketing, the business of the agency space, how to run a services company, how to build culture, how to attract talent, how to be excellent um, and service clients in a way that was like having impact. And we were really, really proud of it. So we're almost 20 years into the journey now. Along the way, um, my husband and I have four daughters, um, ages 14 to two. Wow. And my husband has a gigantic career. Um, he was an Ivy League athlete. And I don't say that to brag on him, though I do brag on him often. <laughs> but just to say we're a very high octane household. Um, there's a lot of expectation of excellence. My husband and I both have really big dreams um, individually in our careers and also together as a family. And so it's been a story of building our family and our careers on the exact same timeline and um, figuring out how to pursue excellence in an industry that doesn't attract a lot of outsiders into it. It doesn't attract a lot of 
you know, innovation necessarily. You become, you know, you're a creative director who becomes an agency owner or a designer or a developer. And I was a business person who said, how do I bring what I know about business, learn marketing beside my colleagues and turn it into a, a business that we're really proud of? Well, it sounds like you jumped really into the deep end without much experience in a, in a marketing world when, when you, when you kind of when did you learn? Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I didn't even take a marketing course in college. It probably would have served <laughs> me. I don't know. I have learned, I learned best in the laboratory of life. I'm, I was a good student in the sense of I got good grades, but I don't know that's actually where I learned the best. I kind of knew how to like play the game to get grades, but I, I, I learned the best by just like shoving me off the deep end and putting me out there and just like figuring it out, talking to people and being a problem solver. Going on a journey with a very steep learning curve, basically. Yep. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Now, where you are now, you're about 50 employees with Element 3. You told me you, you recently put a president in place. Um, up to now, you kind of literally handled everything that, that kind of, you know, when you're the CEO ends up on your table, what made you decide to, to bring someone else in alongside you to take certain parts off your desk? Yeah. Well, one of my observations about the agency world is that um, too often they don't have good succession plans in them. <laughs> the, the founder, the principal runs as hard as they possibly can for 20 to 30 years. At the end of it, they're like, oh, crap, I don't have an amazing succession plan. And so they may cobble something together, but nobody's really been groomed for the role and they're not around to create a really long transition. And I didn't want that to happen to the agency. I didn't want that to happen to our culture. I didn't want that to happen for our clients. I just I really didn't want that fate. Um, and so I was very conscious of that for the whole time I feel like I've been in this industry and started to realize those giants that were in the business when I got into it 20 years ago... I mean, two thirds of them aren't players in the market anymore and they wash through. And if you're not owned by one of the great big giants, he's like locally independently owned agencies go as the principal goes. If the principal's in their prime, the agency's in their prime. If the principal is sort of not in it anymore because they're financially secure or their family goes in a different direction or whatever it looks like, then so goes the agency. And I, I wanted to prove to myself that we could build a business that could sustain itself whether I was here or not. So it's been an objective, I think, of mine for a, for a really long time. The other thing that is part of my own story, and I found other people can relate to this a little bit too, is like I said, we have four kids. And I told myself when my kids were young, I wanted to really work my face off. Like we had nannies, I could control their environment. I say there's caretaking and heart taking of kids. When they're younger, the caretaking bucket is a lot fuller and you're not doing quite as much heart-taking. I have two teenagers now and it's a high heart-taking environment of parenting where they you know, do a lot of the caretaking themselves. And so I wanted to be present when it came to the heart-taking part of their lives. As I shared, my husband has a really big career and I knew as our kids got into travel sports, as their own you know, agendas for time and places they need to be and friends and influences started to get more diverse. I wanted to be really present to be there for them. And it wasn't possible for me to do that if I was running a fast growing agency at the pace and energy that it required um, when I was quote unquote younger. I'm almost 43 now. 
So I told myself when my kids got to middle school, I wanted to not be as chained to my calendar. You know, you're in the services business, you understand if there's client calls, you have to be ready. And being able to be flexible for them was almost impossible when I was really client facing. And so um, I had that objective kind of pulling me as well to say, if I want to be present for the stage of their lives, I'm not going to be able to play the same role in the agency if I really still want it to be a professionalized operation that's growing and pushing versus it sliding into a lifestyle business, which oftentimes can happen in the agency space as well. So those are kind of key, two keystone forces for me to really say this is an important piece of working towards identifying a president that can run the business and have all of our executive team report to them. That was an important part of empowering that person so that it wasn't like, you know, I was actually still running it because everybody was reporting to me. It had to be somebody that was able to gain the respect of a really, really experienced senior team that had come here really for me. So those are all my words. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Now, when you made a decision that you want to bring that person in, that president in, how did you go about identifying the right candidate? Because there are obviously several elements that have to be taking consideration, does the person fit into the culture? What's their experience? As you just said, is that person be seen by the existing leadership as kind of that leader that can take the helm and, and kind of steer the agency in the right direction and then continue the growth path? Yeah, I, I was very fortunate in that the, the individual who's the president of the agency today, his name is Kyler. He came, he was an internal candidate. So he started here when he was like 22 years old. He's worked beside me for a decade. And some people will look at that and say like, well, that has to be easier then. You know, they already knew their culture. Tiffany, you had a great relationship with them. That's true. But he also was like fresh out of college when he started here. And so his ability to be able to work through literally every level of the organization to the place where he's now leading it and people who were all along the ways, either his superiors or his peers, now become people who are reporting to him is is a just a different journey and hard of a different of a different flavor I'll say. But if somebody listening to this is saying, "Hey, I have a leadership void I need to fill. I need I've got a role on my executive team. I've got the same situation Tiffany where I want to hire somebody to run the day-to-day of the business or a big division or an acquisition that you're making where you need leadership. The most important thing and I know you've heard this over and over is that the culture is a fit the rest of it can be taught. Kyler and I had had the advantage of spending an enormous amount of time together. But if I was bringing somebody in from the outside, I would spend an enormous amount of time with them. I would get them in social situations. I would want to meet with them with their spouse. I would want to take them to dinner parties where they didn't know anybody. I want to see the way that you behave, the way you react, the way you carry yourself. Do you introduce yourself to strangers? Do you stay in the corner and stick by me the whole time? What things are you bringing up to talk about? How are you reacting to a bad day? I would want to try to catch you in a natural environment, not an interview process. Because Mm. that's when you see people's ticks. That's where you see people in the way that like what's in their hearts, in the way that they behave. And we are, I am a very culture-led leader but we are a very culture-led company. And if I got that right, I knew the organization would be patient with his competency on the X's and O's of 
building the operations and making strategic pivots and all those kinds of things, people will be very patient and follow you for a very long time if the core values are completely locked and loaded. So um, that would be my encouragement is spend as much time as you can with them in a lot of different situations to figure out what their like DNA is inside, not in this contrived environment of an interview. Yeah. Interesting what you just said. Um, you actually answered my my next two questions that I had uh, jotted down to here. Um, thinking, thinking about getting that person outside of kind of the normal interview process, outside of the role sitting in a room or on a Zoom call and talking about what your experiences is, et cetera, and really seeing how they react in real life. I think that's that's something that I think is 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 really important because you can't you can't game that. You can't kind of put like a sales face on in that situation. You just have to be yourself when you're, as you said, at, at a party or at a conference or wherever you are with that person, right? Um, you just, you will be yourself because that's how you will have to react in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love that approach. Now, how did you prepare your company for that transition? You know, they've seen you at the helm for almost 20 years and, and kind of now, and then they've seen the company grow. They, they, they know what, what to expect from you and how you lead. How did you prepare the rest of the company that, you know what, I'm in the process of kind of stepping a little bit aside, probably still maintaining the oversight, but I will have someone else that really runs the day to day. I think the mistake that we make is that we only tell our teams what and not why. I have the advantage of working with a group of people who not only, I think, respect me, but they want the best for me. And so when I was able to tell the company why I was making these changes, like literally like, guys, I'm a mom and I want to be able to be at home when my kids get off the bus. And here's why that's an important part of my life experience as a mom. And how I want to be able to create opportunities for people and the opportunity to, for Kyler to be able to be a president at 32 years old and have the opportunity for ownership and to change his own, you know, family financial tree. Like that's about creating opportunity for somebody that they care a lot about. Th th those became reasons for them to want to go on this ride with us. And it wasn't just what was happening. Kyler's becoming president but it was about why it was happening and helping them understand this is, you guys all have things you want in your life too. And change is a constant part of what we're building, what we're doing and about life. And I also know that I'm really love the beginning of things, the like mm -hmm. insane jump. Who would do that? Are you kidding me? Like nobody, you know, no city needs another agency. Like why would you go into that business, Tiffany? You know, none of them sell. There's all kinds of reasons that people have told me why this is just a terrible career choice, you know? <laughs> and I love it. And we've done a great job at it. And we have a company that we're so proud of. And I, I'm just really good at the like first leap. And so I didn't know what else I would go do, but I knew that I needed space to be able to take the first leap again in other areas. And I again, I told the company, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going away, but I have to create space for Kyler to lead. I'm a huge presence. Everybody's used to me. So being away is part of me making space for him to be able to lead well. So I mean, I'm still in the office one to four days a week, kind of depending on what's going on with everything else. So it's not that I'm not here at all, but 
is a very different pace for me here at the agency than it was a couple of years ago um, with with a lot of intention. So I think that's the mistake we make is we just tell our people what's happening. Kyla's going to be president. If I hadn't told them why and, and how I also think that's really good for them, because by the way, he's done a better job by every metric than I did, then they don't know why to buy in. Uh, and so I think that's an important piece of it. I would assume it also motivates the rest of the company, right? To see someone within their own ranks kind of moving up through the ranks and then now leading the uh, the agency. I mean, that's a great story for everyone that comes on board and for everyone that is already there, right? Because it's it's so different to hiring someone from the outside that comes in and takes that position. Now, that actually is, is, is a question I have here. Did you ever think about someone external or when you made the decision that you want to step back, you already saw Kyler being that person that can take over from you? I wasn't opposed to looking at the outside, but I think for us, from the very first you know, like day uh, that he spent at Element 3, he had always been as interested in the business of what we were doing as in the work, uh, you know, sort of the marketing work that we were doing. So it was a very natural curiosity for him. He also grew up with a very entrepreneurial father. We have that in common. And so I think there's like this head start understanding that you get because literally since you were like 12, you were talking about profit and loss statements, you know? So like there's this intellectual head start that you don't realize you have, but you do. Um, and so I think that was a, we've kind of found kindred spirits in that. Um, I, I think it can be done successfully by bringing somebody in from the outside. But I suspect if I had gone that direction, the overlap may have needed to be longer than what he and I had to do um, because it was an internal candidate. So you already said that, you know, you nowadays are between one and four days a week in the office. You step, you step back. How did the two of you work together today? And then kind of what was your transition period from, you know, Kyla, I, I want you to be the president. And, and this is how we're going to do it over the X amount of months to kind of get you fully onboarded, fully responsible for everything so that I can step out. Yeah. It took about nine to 12 months to fully transition everything. And I'll kind of talk about it in categories. Um, I'd say there were three major areas of responsibility for me, maybe four, and I still maintain one of them. The first area of responsibility was being the direct report for the executive team, You know, managing their goals, having their one-on-ones, helping them complete their rocks and key initiatives, being a sounding board, kind of strategically steering the ship. That was what we handed off first. And I think that was a good choice because it set the tone that we were very serious about kind of the locus of control going from me to him um, as it related to the day-to-day operations and executing the business plan uh, of the current year. So that was the first thing that we transitioned, gave him about, I don't know, three to six months to get that under his belt, get absorbed into his calendar, you know, all the things that are required with taking on six new direct reports. Um, The second thing that then he took on was sales and marketing reported to me. That was like my baby, Um, you know, controlling revenue is a really key part of the pie. You know, we're a high fixed cost business. And so if revenue is rolling, you're making money. If it stops, you lose money quickly. And so I had a tight control over that, took a lot of pride in that, loved participating in that. 
And that was the second thing that I handed off to him or that he took over. And again, giving him just time to digest that from a time and context perspective. Um, that was about three months. And then the last thing that he took over, what I'll say, like company communication. We run on EOS. And so we have really strong communication cadences with a quarterly kickoff. We have monthly um, financial reviews. We do open book financials. And so running those meetings, anytime it was like, hey, the company is talking to the organization. I had always been the primary voice on the microphone with those meetings. And um, that was the last thing that I handed over to him. And again, it's not really so much that he couldn't have done it from day one, but it gave him time to get his feet under him. It wasn't like all these things landed on his lap on day one. The company communication is pro- is the easiest for me. And so it was a thing that I could like keep on, like, you know, kind of keep control of and it not be a, a big energy waste or not like energy take from me. As far as how we work together today, uh, we have one uh, meeting once a week for 90 minutes that is kind of a don't miss for both of us. We go through the key scorecard items of the organization and the key issues that he needs my perspective on, but it's always his final decision. And then we collaborate on more longer term things, things that are 18 months to five years out. That's really where I'm spending my energy thinking about, creating relationships around, opening up networks, figuring out how we become thought leaders. Um, Those are the things that I'm working on kind of on his behalf um, into the marketplace. Now, you talked about how you communicated things internally in regards to, you know, Kyla taking over as a president. How did you manage communication outside with clients? Obviously, you know, as as the CEO of a company, you are kind of the, the face of the company, you know, Companies want to work with you probably because you assembled a great team, but also because of you, because of, of, of your thoughts, your opinions and everything else. How did you manage that element? Yeah, we had a very intentional communication plan for that. Um, we started obviously with our employees and then I made personal phone calls to our largest customers and helped them understand that this was a strategic move that we were doing very intentionally for the long-term viability, growth, energy, all of that of the agency, that it wasn't me running from something. It wasn't um, me stepping back from something. It was really about, hey, we're, we're at a different place. A diff- it needs a different kind of leadership. And here's why he is the right person and all the context he has for you know who we are and, and how we're going to continue to get better for them. So I made some personal phone calls. Um, I had a personal letter that went out to our whole client base that came from my personal email. It wasn't like a fancy HTML email on purpose. I didn't want it to feel like they were being marketed to. I wanted it to feel like intimate. And so I sent out an email and then um, we had some you know, social posts to the, our network more broadly. Um, and um, then he updated it on his individual social outlets as well. So I wanted it to be a celebration of him of um, the next like phase of our business and not any air of like what's happening over there like none of that that's not what was going on and i knew if we allowed there to be a vacuum that that's part of maybe what would bubble up and i wanted people to understand like this is a celebration of our success and the opportunity that we get to name a leader that has the perspective, the talents, and the cultural aptitude to be able to take us um, into the next 10 years. How did your clients react? 
they were thrilled for him. They were excited for me. And I think it's the same thing. You know, it was about um, telling our clients why as much as what was happening. They're humans too. They have dreams. They have things that they want out of life. And they were like, Tiffany, that's amazing that, you know, you have options. That's amazing that you get to go spend your time a little bit differently. They know exactly where to find me. And, um, you know, I'd be, I was sure to loop back and make sure we were still doing a great job, but I knew we would be. Um, And he had, you know, I would say we had kind of like, silently shifted some responsibility probably four months before we did the public announcement. And so I was able to say like, this is really how we're operating. (laughs) So you're going to feel very little difference, you know, like he's already really running it. And so they felt no disruption. And again, I have the advantage of working with clients that not only I think respect us, but really are cheering for us as people. And so they were excited for for our family, for me personally, and excited for the agency and for Kyler. When you're leading or when you're building a company from the ground up and at some point decide, you know what, I want to step out, it must be hard to let go and, and kind of to see someone else take over your, I don't know if you want to call it baby or whatever you want to call it, right? How did it feel for you to, to at the end of this transition period, you know, at the end of the nine, 12 months, really letting go of those three areas you mentioned, um, and and really, you know, stepping out of out of kind of the day to day part. Yeah, it it was weird. Um, I think that's the best word. It just felt really uncomfortable to like not be in the know on every possible thing that was going on, and that was the right course of things. But there's almost this weird sense of like feeling kind of left out in the party that you put together. Even though that was the plan and that was the directive, it was still like weird. Like I was kind of on the outside looking in. The other thing was like this real fidgety discomfort of not like having so many tasks to do. You know, before I had really figured out what next looked like for me and how I was going to fill, you know, the 20 to 40% of my week that was suddenly open because I didn't have those responsibilities, I was like, really uncomfortable with the silence. And that's where I think that leaders go wrong is to fill the discomfort. They go back to what was comfortable and they go back to, you know, sending the emails they were sending. They go back to wanting to be put on the email announcements. They go back to like that place where there was like these dopamine hits of being needed instead of just like sitting in like, oh man, I don't know what exactly what I'm supposed to do. I don't know totally what to do with this like three hour opening on my calendar because I used to be just driven through it so hard. And I think that discomfort, we're like addicts almost. And we go back to the original drug. And uh, I'm grateful that I had, I think there's some good mentors that helped me see that that discomfort was an important part of the process for me to make room for Kyler. And also just an important part of the creative process for my mind to be like, what else do I want to do? I haven't been able to even think about that for almost 15 years, you know, 85% of my professional career. What do I want to do? Where do my talents create value? Um, And so it took a while to figure that out and to feel confident again and to realize that my identity is not defined by, you know, doing a great brand project for a client. My identity is not defined by people knowing that I'm the president of Element 3. And some of those things being taken away helped me more strongly identify with being a mom, strongly, more strongly identify with just being me 
and not these roles that I play. So great. Well, Tiffany, it's been a real pleasure talking to you about, you know, leadership change and especially since it comes kind of from a personal experience. And thank you so much sharing so many great information, but all advice in regards to how to go through that entire process. If people want to find out more about you and Element 3, how can they get in touch? Yeah, Element 3. Um, our website is uh, the best place. It's element3.com and 3 is spelled out. Um, and you can understand the work we do, the clients we work for, and some of the culture that we've built. Um, if you're interested in connecting with me personally, tiffanysauder.com. Um, S-A-U-D-E-R is where you'll find my podcast. I have a newsletter um, that is really targeted towards high-achieving two-career uh, families, mm -hmm. um, which is, I think, a real unique perspective my husband and I have on the world. And so looking to share some of our advice and tips and hacks for keeping a sane personal life so that you can say yes to lots of big things in life. Perfect. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the performance of our podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.